Welcome to Simple But Not Easy, a mindfulness podcast. In today's episode, we meet Greg Wohler. To become a more effective caregiver for his wife and children, Greg sought to learn more about mental health. He has found mindfulness essential in this learning process to listen more actively, care more affectionately, and communicate more efficiently. Please enjoy this discussion with Greg and me about mindful caregiving. Greg, thank you. And I, I appreciate you taking some time out of your, your busy work day and joining me for uh, talking mindfulness. And as far as your, your personal journey, and I find that that we start and who knows where we end up, but it's been really rich conversation so far. So Absolutely. where do you want to start talking about mindfulness today? I've been giving this a lot of thought. And honestly, in the here and now, I would say mm-hmm. mindfulness plays a big part for me being a caregiver to my wife. Mm-hmm. Who lives, she prefers the term, lives with mental afflictions. Mindfulness, we have several, I don't know, aspects of what we believe or what we think mindfulness should be. Okay. Uh, and then several avenues to drive down and, and practice. Uh, but I think I think the key is to practice mindfulness. A- as a caregiver, you're kind of doing it twice. Okay. You're doing yeah, the yeah. mindfulness part for yourself. Uh, as the caregiver, because you don't want, in the end, to have caregiver burden, mm-hmm. uh, burnout, uh, guilt, and at the same time, you're trying to assist the person that has the actual mental afflictions. Um, right. Uh, so you're, you're doing a, like a two-part mindfulness, keeping someone else in check and keeping yourself in check at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah, and recognizing there's this giving to others and giving to yourself. Yeah, how crucial that is for caregiving. At the same time. So you can't have one over the other because then you neglect something else. True. Yeah, uh, balance. And balance is key, and it's really hard to keep a balance. Mm, and that's just okay. life, and that's just part of being human. Because you can't – if you take care of someone else, then you're not taking care of yourself, and then mm-hmm. you have all of the other negatives internally. Then outwardly, you neglect yourself, um, or you know, you put yourself first, then you're neglecting the other person. It caught my ears when you made a distinction between mindfulness should be compared to what it is. And I'd like to tease that apart a little bit. What do you mean by that? It should be because it's not always 100%. So I think should be is going to be what you want to see versus what actually is. Okay. Maybe that's a... And maybe that goes in part of, uh, you know, I actually heard this on the radio a couple of weeks ago. They talked about mantra versus motto oh. uh, and a mantra uh, in the end result. And I, I kind of agree where a mantra would be something that's internal to yourself to keep your thoughts on task or on point. Okay. Um, and then a motto is, you know, something to focus Topically, as opposed to internally, uh, like a mantra. Like my my daughter uh, exhibits traits from her mom. We've kind of pushed for a mantra. All joking aside, like Elsa says in Frozen, yeah, you know, let just let it go. Great song. And yeah, let it go. <laughs> you know, but that's a mantra. You know, it's not just a motto. You're, you you want to let it go. You want to yeah. let things go if something's not you know jiving. And we do breathing exercises with her, and we started doing it with my wife cool. as well. Um, yeah. You know, there's we we call it the the monsters in the tummy. My my son likes mm. to do it also. He's only three, but he doesn't have those traits mm-hmm. uh, that my daughter and my wife have. But he he likes to participate. So we call it the monsters in the belly, and we're just breathing them out. You know, cool. Breathe in, breathe out, and then do a yoga pose or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's whatever taking their mind off of 
the frustration or whatever internal feelings that they may have at that point in time. I think the key phrase, though, is at that point in time, because you want you're you're trying to focus on the present moment instead mm -hmm. of harboring the what ifs of the future. Future could be ten minutes from now. It's not what's happening right now. And taking uh, care of the now, yeah, yeah, taking care of the now. I think there's a really key point here about being a caregiver and maybe life in general. And it's part of my my mission for this podcast is there's all these expectations, and this comes, I think, with any kind of you know, healthy behaviors, like the, the gap between knowing and doing. And we lay so much pressure and guilt with this unrealistic expectation and, and really wanting to give, hear voices of people, how are you bringing mindfulness into your day in a realistic, practical, doable way, reasonable yeah. way, and still finding some, some benefits, even though, even if it's not perfect and the old adage of practice, not perfection. And so I'm, I'm hearing a bit of a distinction there around, there's some expectations like, well, this is what we should be doing. And then like monsters in the belly is what you are doing. And it, I get the impression that the way you find to fit it in your life is having a benefit and an effect. Yes. Showing it, I think is important that you're showing the benefit, especially to, to a child. Okay. Uh, that there is a reason that we're doing it. There's, mm. The reasoning is the benefit. Uh, okay. Why are we doing it this way? And then we'll show you why. Well, what do uh, they say? Like, what, you know, I'm hearing that your son's initiating, like, th there's some appeal to your three year, three year old, did you say? Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. Three. There's, you obviously are doing something that is drawing him in. He's getting drawn in for some reason, right? Subconsciously, this may be a benefit to him without knowing why we're doing it for his sister. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. it could be something that we don't ever have to explain to him, but he just does it because he's feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he knows that in order to control that certain feeling or yeah. try to control it, then he can do the monsters in the belly. Oh, it's going to make me feel better. But he doesn't know why. And maybe he doesn't have to. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think sometimes as adults, we get hung up on the whys. And that's the beauty of kids. They're more, it, I think, in the what and how like, land. Yeah, right. Exactly. The thing that really helps my wife, and I, and I really want to have a focus on her because I think helping or assisting people other than yourself has kind of been more my focus than putting the spotlight on myself. She she likes to go for walks. The one thing that I did is get her a walking journal. Hmm. So every time she goes, it's, a, it's called 100 Walks of something i can't remember the exact name but you take 100 walks and you're looking at the same walk in a hundred different ways oh wow cool so she's getting the mindfulness in that you know what it's going to be the present moment it's not always going to be the same something can change we're living with that it's okay to not mm -hmm. be the same if we're doing the same thing mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense that's kind of how she explained it to me but for her that's that's the focus that she needs to bring everything back in into focus for her. Okay. I'm going to ask your permission on something here and, sure. you know, right or refusal. And I, I appreciate the place you're coming from of focusing on your wife. And I want to make sure as a fellow caregiver that, you know, we don't, we don't ignore you and hear about your personal practice too. I, I don't want to leave you out. I think I, I intentionally leave myself out because <laughs> mostly the focus on caregiving is the one that you're giving the care to, which is not yourself, but the other yeah. person. Uh, what was so it about I, balance earlier? Yeah, it, yeah definitely. It is, it is a balance. So I think, um, you know, in, in, which is okay. kind of not great. 
let, let's let's consider yeah. it this way. I'm hoping there's other caregivers listening. And Absolutely. as someone who has walked this path and and has an not just an awareness but a practice of mindfulness, what would you like other caregivers to know about how your mindfulness practice has has been supportive of your caregiving? You know, one thing I just thought of is another idiom we might throw out there is practice what you preach. Yeah. When you're asking someone that you're caring for to try something or do something, mm -hmm. uh, like take a walk or breathing exercises or meditation, yoga, something like mm -hmm. that, is to do it with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you will yourself get into the habit of doing it yourself on your own time. Maybe there's a play in there where I am practicing my mindfulness with her at that time that I'm mm -hmm. asking her to do her own right. mindfulness, which is breathing, meditation techniques. And it could last for five minutes or it could mm -hmm. last for several minutes, but just doing it with them. There's some buy-in of, I'm not just asking or telling you to do this. I think it's important enough that we do it together. And right. that's what I'm hearing you do with your daughter, with your son, and with your wife. Exactly. And you know, I guess I'm thinking maybe the intention is you're doing it for their well-being, but what's the spillover for your well-being when you're doing it? So I, I think monitoring the spillover, as you say, is is practicing it with them rather than mm -hmm. telling them to do it, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm going to do something with them if I think that it's beneficial. The stress is still there. And that goes again to being human. You can't right. escape it 100%. Right. But you can maintain it and you can control it, you know, to a certain degree. And I, but that's why I think it's important that you do these exercises and these practices with that other person, you know, like, like a tandem bicycle. I think even something even better is when you're rowing a boat, we, we have a Mario game, a Nintendo <laughs> game where you have to row a boat using the Wii, but mm -hmm. it takes two people. So okay. one person is the left or one person is the right or, yeah. and you can't get anywhere if one person is faster than the other, or if the other person is doing nothing. Hmm. Okay. You're getting nowhere or you're just going around in circles mm -hmm. fast mm -hmm. with no, with no end. My daughter pointed that out to me the other day. I think she kind of hit something there where you just yeah. you have to work with somebody in order to make yourself feel better at times. Well, I love that metaphor how to practice mindfulness in a family and in a caregiver care receiver relationship and that it needs to be in some ways um an equal effort is that the right word of, of both participants for everyone sure. to move forward yeah i i mean there's always effort you always have to put forth some effort but i think yeah. you have to actually be well like like the the foundation of mindfulness is being present and i think if you're not present with that person even mm -hmm. though you're with that person mm -hmm. physically, if you're not present with them mentally, probably won't get much out of it and neither will they. This thought just popped in my head and I want to see where you go with it. Because so often caregiving is about doing to or with someone and mindfulness is about being. And so I'm wondering what does mindful caregiving look like? Yeah, I think mindful caregiving is when... I have an answer, but I'm trying to word it correctly. I, mm -hmm. There's there's the trust factor, the trust relationship, mm -hmm. right? You're especially in a family, you want to have that trust relationship with someone where they can come to you and they can rely on you to be forthcoming with, you know mm -hmm. what, maybe this isn't helping, or this was fantastic. Can mm -hmm. we do this again? 
I, I think that would be mindful caregiving. Are both of you getting in, in sync where you can rely on each other and you can trust each other? I think trust mm-hmm. is probably mindful caregiving. Okay. And recognizing that that's one of the, the mindful characteristics is, yeah. is trusting the process. And I'm hearing that's relational as well. Right. And I, I do hear you using the word presence repeatedly. And I want to honor that presence is being, not doing, that I do hear that with you, caregiving is not just doing, but there is a being quality to it. I think being for me, from what I've, my experience, being with someone is doing. Oh, interesting. Being is doing because it shows that I haven't lost interest. I'm not losing them because I don't care. Mm -hmm. That goes to the, the trustworthy aspect of that. Yeah, I never thought about that before. I think I think for me being is doing. Uh, you don't have to practice the breathing. You don't have to do the meditation. But yeah. Just having just being there with someone and them knowing that you are there is yeah. is mindfulness in a sense. So that's interesting. You know, I, I'm going to get really deep and sappy here for a moment. But I'm hearing that this is also loving. Uh, you yeah. have to have the love because that's that's where the trust comes. You can't have one without the other type of thing. I've We've known several people that have unfortunately parted ways because they just couldn't, for lack of a better phrase, handle afflictions that the other carried. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're in it for the long haul, then you develop that trust relationship and, you know, you make it happen. I, I like to give this example too, is that Please. I don't know how much I can give without my wife throwing me on the couch. But <laughs> your call, we can the, always edit. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that I, I like to tell people in the beginning is that we had our sh- fair share of arguments and negative aspects in the beginning because mm-hmm. everything was new. We didn't mm-hmm. know how to interact with each other. We didn't, from a outsider coming into her world, I don't know what she has going on. Okay. Uh, I didn't fully understand that. That was 14 years ago. She probably, from herself, as an, from an internal perspective, she didn't know how to communicate what she was feeling. Mm-hmm. Therein lies the the ford that you have to cross. Yeah, what's going uh, on here? Yeah. Or you drown, yeah. or you... Your head is just above water. So do you go turn back or do you cross it? Mm-hmm. And for me, crossing it meant buying 14 books yeah. to gain a foundational insight to what she may be going through. Okay. I, I'll never understand it fully. And if you're the outsider yeah. looking in, you're never going to understand what they're going through. Good point. That's a given. Yeah. But you can try. And I mm-hmm. think that's also being part of mindful because you're in the present moment. You want to mm-hmm. know what's going on as best as you can, knowing that you're never going to fully understand it, but you want to try better, I think is key also to getting the foresight of what mindfulness means to you. And I do hear there was this acquisition of knowledge through those 14 books and still you making the choice to then bring that into the relationship and be present for this. Okay, I've got knowledge now. And I want to bring this into my relationship with you because I care about you. Right. That presence piece keeps coming back for me because mm-hmm. you can have Absolutely. knowledge and and be doing things to someone, but not being with someone or doing right. with someone. And now you're, so now you're taking it just one step further, right? You're going to be in the present moment with the person just by being with them. But mm-hmm. now you're going to take a couple of educational materials to say, oh, I want to understand that maybe that brings me closer to you a little bit yeah. more. But I'm still being with you is still doing because I, I want to know more. Well, and I, there's another key thing I really honor is you said 
all that knowledge gained may apply and you still allow space for what's true for you, which requires me to be open and receptive. So I'm not letting, yeah. so the knowledge doesn't become a, a filter that I'm biasing, but I've got knowledge and now let me check it out with you and see what really applies here. Yeah. I think educational material, you're finding something new. It's a check and balance. Oh, does this apply? Uh, what do you think about this? Does this make sense to you? Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah, like you say, leaving room for adaptability is also a key point, I think. Mm -hmm. All of this, I think, is part of the mindfulness. is like a spider web, and it spindles in so many different directions. It's never ending. And I don't think a person can truly find the mindfulness needed. You have to have the educational mixed with the practical, because it's about being in the present moment with you. I, I'm going to find the resources that I can. I'm going to ask you if this applies to you. Do, do you does this work for you? Does this mm -hmm. is this what you're feeling? And then drawing that out at the same time as also having them figure out. Oh, maybe this is what I'm feeling. Oh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I never thought about that before. And that could be part of mindfulness because you're you're now you're taking things in the present moment still and looking at a different perspective. It's all about trying. Uh, and adaptability. You have to have that balance, like you said before, the educational material, but then being in the present moment with that person and asking them, is this right? Do you want to try this? Yeah. The other thing that is so standing out to me is for you, your your personal practice is almost 100% relational. And, and mindfulness gets a bad rap so often that it's it's selfish and about me. And and what I'm hearing for you is, in some ways, that you brought it into your life because these people you cared about needed something. Yeah. And and for you, mindfulness is really very much about the other, not necessarily about self. I think if you choose the path of a caregiver, you can't really put the focus on yourself, only yeah. because you have to maintain yourself to continue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it absolutely is. The focus is definitely a on the other person. You have to figure out what's going on with that other person. As a caregiver, I, you have to put that other person first and, your, and yourself second. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, the intention is, how is this going to be of service to you? But I'm going to come back to the spillover as far as what are you getting out of it? For me, and again, I think the, the experience is going to be different for everybody else, but the spillover for me, as you say, what am I getting out of this is knowing that is knowing that I tried and knowing that they're going to be just a little bit more okay. Okay. I'm hearing more than trying here. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's just not, it's not a part of me, first of all, that to leave somebody in the lurch, you know, especially someone as my family, just because it's too hard. You know, I'm going to keep going and mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that they're okay first and then I'll worry about myself. That, that spillover you're talking about, what am I going to do for the mindfulness for myself to keep myself together? Well, you know, I, uh, I'll i sit there and think to myself, you know, today was actually a really good day. I'm going to concentrate on that one positive note that made the family okay. time better. Uh, and I'm just going to relive that moment over and over again until maybe I drift to sleep, having that one positive focal point mm -hmm. um, to bring it back together. You know what? Yeah, I did this. So it is it is selfish in a roundabout way. I did this. I was able to make them feel better at a specific point in time. Yeah. I was able to take their mind off of that situation or scenario at that point in time. And myself, definitely second. But for them, it's always going to be number one.
in your readings, and I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this, and I don't know if it's a Sanskrit or Pali word of a body, bodhisattva. I'm sure I'm yeah. not pronouncing that correctly. But do you, are you familiar with that? Sure. Yeah, with this idea. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. You, you said it much more uh, <laughs> eloquently than I did. And this idea of holding off my own enlightenment to make sure others get there. Yeah. And yep. that's the quality I'm hearing you describe. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, I I, I heard that uh, a long time ago. I've kind of taken it into play, but definitely, probably, I, I I know for a fact there's no probable. It was it was subconscious when I met my wife, and I was mm-hmm. I, I definitely took that to heart uh, after you know trials and tribulations, and then we we make things work. And I think that's absolutely true. I, I'm yeah. gonna put myself before others, then I'm gonna take care of myself in my own way. But I'm also like a dad and a husband. It's like you're going to make sure everyone gets across that finish line. That That's, yeah. yeah. With like going back to the breathing exercises and things like that, having a mantra such as Elsa to get mm-hmm. you through the day, you know, you're feeling this way. What would Elsa say? You know? Yeah. As a, as a fellow caregiver, fellow dad, husband, I want to give you the opportunity of what do you need today as we're sitting here talking? I want to give you a chance to focus on yourself and your needs. And if for a few minutes to, have some self-care, self-compassion. Oh, you're you're doing exactly what I don't do. And I, <laughs> I, I don't put myself out there like that, Paul. Well, uh, let's model something for all those caregivers. Trying something different, new. <laughs> I think the, the only thing I can harp on best is talk to the person that you're with. Okay. Because that's the only way you're going to understand what works for them. Yeah, okay. You have to have that open. It's, a, it's like a, the open door policy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely not going to put myself on a, in that light I, as much as you want me to. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, Greg. I'm what, trying. You're dodging me, dude. <laughs> what works? What works for me is not going to work for somebody else. Okay. Yeah. What What I think you need to, as a caregiver, understand is understand the other person, and once you do that, you can understand yourself because mm-hmm. it. Going mm. circling back to what we talked about before, the practicing the mindfulness techniques together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn about yourself and you learn about that other person at the same time. One of those other techniques, as you're scrounging through the the reference materials, uh, you know all the different resources that you have or that are out there, you may stumble upon something that works for you as a mm-hmm. as a self guiding mindfulness technique from the caregiver or the one that's giving care. Uh, as the one that, as opposed to the one that's receiving it, you you may find something that works for you along the way. I guess I, I, I keep going back to try everything. Okay. Just, you just, just learn, just, just read. If you're interested in it, you're not going to stop learning. You're going to find something else. I never, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have found Psych Hub that I discussed with my wife and had aha moments. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's something like that. You reach out, you, you know, networking is the same way. You you reach out to people that you know, then mm-hmm. they either give you an avenue to go down like, oh, hey, try this type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Or I don't really know this, but uh, check out Tom Smith. He he knows all about that stuff. I want to pull you back to something that, that really caught my ear, though, and make sure that I got this I heard this correctly, that in trying everything, you may find hearing your attention coming. I'm going to try to say the word again, bodhisattva. I think I got it that time. <laughs> that sounds in pretty this, good. 
bodhisattva intention of wanting to find mindfulness tools or exercises that will benefit who I'm caring for, you may find some for yourself as well. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You may find that you have a mindfulness technique. You may be going into a situation that you have uh, on your plate, a mindfulness technique that you just think is the cat's meow and it's going to save everybody. (laughs) <laughs> and then you're going to find that, you know what? That doesn't work at all. True. So then yeah, you yeah. learn. You find another resource and you and you figure it out. Good point. You know, I, that's, the, that's the keep learning thing. But you can only keep learning if you're going to keep yourself in the present moment. Uh, okay. Because being in the present moment is making you in tune with what you're doing, which is giving care. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Hearing the importance of presence in your caregiving how do you continue to cultivate it and show up in that way? What helps you to do that? Unfortunately, sometimes what it takes is a trigger. If something negative were to happen, then maybe you take a look at the mindfulness techniques that you're employing that may not be working. So at that point in time, you look for other resources and say, this isn't really working. Let's see what else they have to offer. Uh, okay. meaning, you know, there's a plethora of informational sites that you can look for. Just, you know, do keywords, buzz phrases uh, in, in the search search engines uh, until you find something that you're looking for. And again, you, you cherry pick until you find something. I want to give you I want to give you more credit than you're giving yourself, if, if I may. I don't like that, Paul. <laughs> I, yeah, you're a slippery one. You're my hardest guest so far. <laughs> you're really making me work as uh, an interviewer here. That you. I I hear that this presence that you bring into caregiving is not just something you read somewhere. It's something that you do. Again, you talked about being is doing is being for you. I'm wondering, how do you do that? How do you show up with presence with your wife, with your daughter, with your son? It's not just something you read. It's something you're doing, Greg. Yeah. You're you're doing by being. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good enough answer. I don't I, I don't think I'm accepting the, uh, that one. It's the only answer I know how to give. If you're not showing up, then you, you're losing the trust, and then it's a disinterest, and then you're True. losing more than just yourself. You're losing everybody else around you. Okay, well, I'm going to give you more credit then, that when we talk about mindfulness, is not from the outside. It's an innate capacity. You may, just by who you are in this world, that just may be your default is, is presence. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, that may be true. And again, that that's that's the saying put others before myself. Yeah. Right. So I'm always gonna put myself last as long as others are first. Uh, but more so if it's my family, especially where my wife is concerned per this particular topic. Yeah, I I'm always gonna put myself last. And that that may be a familial thing too. I I think somewhere in, in my family it was um put yourself last kind of a thing, as long as others are, are first and you're you're helping them, you know, by being with them. The way that I hear though that you make someone else first is by offering them your presence. Yeah, I, I'm still putting them first because well, that, I could <laughs> because I could choose not to assist. That's like tech support. You have a broken keyboard. Say say you have a broken key on a keyboard. Your space bar popped off. Okay, then the person sitting next to you, well, they can't log into their computer at all. Being a technical support, I'm going to fix both of those problems. I'm not going to just say, you know what, you've heard of super glue. Put your <laughs> Put it back together yourself. You should be able to do this, yeah. You should be able to do it yourself. Yeah. With a broken computer, well, that takes a little bit more effort. 
I'm still putting them first because they need to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. I may have a skill set that can assist them in that. I'm not putting myself up first by any means because there's other technical analysts. Mm -hmm. So I think that goes along with caregiving. I could tell you as a person to put yourself back together as opposed to, you know what, something is kind of out of whack. It's not broken per se. Mm -hmm. It's just not working at the moment, in the Mm -hmm. present moment, but soon it will be because I'm not neglecting you. If I can't fix it, another analyst can or another caregiver can. So again, I'm, I'm not putting myself first. I'm putting the, the other person first. So nice. And try. well, st- <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm still saying that you, you, you put the other person first and the way you do that is by offering them your full presence. Yeah, but it could be anybody, but I, I, I see somebody that's, I, I mean, I see a, I see a broken machine. I can fix it because I have the skill set. Not everybody has yeah. the skill set to do it. Yeah. I certainly didn't have the skill set to help or have any inclination to help or have any interest in helping my wife when we first got together. Uh, we had a lot of, like I said, negative, negative impacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with it. I told myself, but mm-hmm. you give it time. I'm not putting myself first. I'm putting them first because I still have this inkling that they are, well, I put myself, I put her first because I saw something in her that Mm -hmm. I wanted to know more about. And Mm. because not just that, we had a ton of more interests, blah, blah, blah. Having shared interests, that's still not putting myself first. Uh, It's wanting to know more about a person. And likewise for her. And maybe it's semantics that what I'm saying, I'm still going to find it out here. That presence, I'm not saying is putting yourself first. To me, it's the most loving gift we can offer is our presence. Yeah. You give me that much? I I can give you that much. (laughs) Okay. Because it's it's still not putting myself first. It's still putting the other person first. Agreed. And you can only put someone else first by being present with them. Okay. I think we found a point of agreement here. I, I think we found that common ground. I'm still not putting <laughs> myself first. No, I'd never say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I've I've actually learned and been taking a, a few notes about this conversation. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. What's, uh, what's sort of a takeaway point here to offer the listeners? I think the takeaway point is that mindfulness is being in the present moment. So however you decide to take that present moment and Mm. spin it to whichever direction is going to take you in a positive direction, that's what you need to take away. The only way that you can reach uh, that end positive result, I got I got to harp on the positive side of it. It's like that old Irish adage of I've never met a man that wishes he had double or uh, of something because I've never met a man that had one black eye that wished that he had two. Mm, so you don't one. you don't want to you don't want to hope for the negative. You want to hope for the positive. So being in the present moment, mindfulness present moment, positive result. However that works for you is being in tune with that other person. And you can only be in tune with that other person if you have a trust dialogue that accompanies that. Nice. And what I appreciate about that is so often I see the definition of mindfulness is being present. And I think that's half a definition, that it's being present in a certain way 
And what I'm hearing the way that you describe that is making sure we have the positive in our scope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I think it's a good half to start on. You know, you can only achieve, I think, that inner mindfulness for the self if you are in the present moment, especially from a, now I'm only speaking from a caregiver status. That's okay. If you are uh, in tune with the other person, you, you okay. can have that. You can find that mindfulness for yourself if you can help that other person achieve mindfulness for themselves. I talk about a bodhisattva quote. There it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you go. All right. Yeah. I, All right. Yeah, this is great. I, I have appreciated this a lot. And yeah, there's a lot of therapies, you know, talk therapies out there like DBT, CBT, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I think the best therapy that you can give someone is your time and an mm. open ear. Simple But Not Easy, a mindfulness podcast is produced by me, Paul Baker. And uh, thank you for putting up with my lack of technical skills. A huge thank you to my guests today for sharing their story and insights. And a thank you to Jacob Morrison, Juliana Castro, and Trevin Stiegel, my friends and mentors in how to make a podcast. I miss you guys. And Andrea Romack who gave me my first podcast hosting experience at Psychub. And of course, thank you to my listeners for joining me on this journey along the path of waking up and being mindful together. If you find value in this podcast, please like, write a review, and share with your family and friends. Be well all until we meet again in our next episode. 